Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star. It rose and it has come and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the pe people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. When Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king... They went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented uh, him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another way. God bless the reading of his word. Do you see that star? The one that shines so bright as though it is shining its light on your home, on your house. That is the star that has led us here. Without it, we would not have known where you were. We could not have found you. But the problem is, this star, it shouldn't be there. I have charted the skies, the heavens, I have charted the stars and the sun and the moon and the planets all my life. I have star charts and maps that show the position of everything in the sky. And I've never seen that star before. Not until it appeared just a few short months ago. I have charts and maps that my father made before me and gave them to me. And his father's charts and maps and his father before him, his charts and maps. We know the placement of every star in the sky. We understand how the sun rises and falls every day and when it will rise and when it will set. 
We can chart the phases of the moon and where the moon will be in the sky at any particular time. We have charted the planets and where they are and how they move. And when they disappear behind the sun and when they reappear, we know it all. We know the winter solstice. We know the longest days, the shortest days. The sky has told us all of this. But the stars... The stars are fixed in place. Whenever you look up, you know where the star is. It does not move. It does not change. Except for this star. Stars don't suddenly appear. But it suddenly Appeared. My colleagues and I began a long debate on what does this mean? What is the significance of the star? What does this appearing mean to us? We debated it long and hard. We were convinced that there was something special in a message where the God of the universe changes the skies, changes the heavens, changes the universe by placing a star in its midst that has never been there before. What does it mean? My father taught me when I was but a young child that the universe tells a story one star at a time. What is the story this star is telling? We wondered questioned. We debated among ourselves. My colleagues and I who have come here this day have come to believe that it has to be a special message. As a matter of fact, all my, my colleagues believed that it was special. We just could not all agree on what the message meant. But we knew. For those of us who are here who have journeyed to see you today, we were waiting for this star. We didn't know how it would appear or when it would appear or what it would look like when it appeared, but we knew something had to happen. And the reason that we knew was because of you, because of all of you. You see, I'm, I'm from Persia. My, my colleagues and I have journeyed here from the east. We have come because we have a common history, your people and mine. The Jews and the Persians. See, where I live, where my home is, is in the midst of what used to be called the Babylonian Empire. And we share a common history between our peoples. For many, many centuries ago, our nation, our empire of Babylon conquered the Israelites. And when we conquered the Israelites and we took you from the land, we took the best and the brightest, the smartest and the sharpest of all the leaders in Israel. And we put them into leadership in Babylon, in Persia, because we recognized that there was brilliance among you and that you could add to our culture. And you did in amazing and wonderful ways. The stories of some of your ancestors are still told by my ancestors, by, by my colleagues and I today. 
Children that grow up in Persia still know the story of three young Hebrew boys that were thrown into a furnace in front of King Nebuchadnezzar and how they survived by the miraculous hand of your God. My children know those stories. They've been told and retold. Daniel is a hero to you, a prophet to you. He is a hero to us because he was able to communicate and help King Nebuchadnezzar to understand These stories are still told. Your culture and mine, the Jews and the Persians, we have a common link together. We have a common heritage. And when you, when your ancestors, when the Israelites were allowed to return back to their homeland, they left behind much of their influence and culture. In the library in the city where I live, there are still the sacred scrolls that you worship and use in the temple. They were left behind, and we still have them. My colleagues and I have been on a quest, seeking to learn from other cultures how we may understand the story in the sky. If my father was right, and if the universe tells a story one star at a time, we wanted to search the meaning that came from other cultures that would help us to know what the stars were saying. And lo and behold, in the study of your scriptures, of your sacred scrolls, we found this verse, the verse that says, you'll see him, but not now. You'll behold him, but not near. A star, a star, that's what caught our attention. A star will come out of Jacob. Isn't that the old name for the Israelites? A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will arise in Israel. And we knew that should such a star appear in the house of Jacob, in the house of Israel, that this star would represent the birth of a king, a scepter in his hand. And so when the star appeared, we knew exactly what it meant We tried to convince all of our colleagues, but not all believed. But we who have come here today, we who have journeyed afar, we have come because we believe that this birth, this child that you hold, is the fulfillment of your own prophecy because it has been foretold in the sky. For the universe tells a story, one star at a time. At first, we thought it might just be something that would happen to a star that would let us know that there was a king born in Israel. But the God of the universe has not just twinkled a star, not just changed the color of a star. The God of the universe has created an entirely new star for the first time in all of history and planted it in the night sky. What birth must this be? If the God of the universe would change the whole landscape of the heavens and place an unknown star that has never before been seen in the midst of the sky, what kind of king must your child be? This cannot be a normal birth. 
This cannot be the usual fare. Some of my colleagues over the years have traveled to celebrate the birth of a king in other cultures because we saw something in the sky that gave us pause to realize that this was happening. But this, this has never been seen before because the star shouldn't be there. And yet, here it is. When we started this journey, the star was no longer seen. We saw it for many months as it arose and debated its meaning. But when we started out on this journey, the star was no longer appearing. But we knew where the birth had to take place. The birth had to take place in Jerusalem, in Israel. If it was going to take place in Israel, it had to be in Jerusalem, your capital city, your holy city, one of the great cities of the world. And so we traveled here. We've been in Jerusalem for some time. We were excited when finally, after the journey was over, we got to Jerusalem. We could only imagine the excitement that would be taking place in Jerusalem. Because after all, the king of the Jews, this special king, this star with a scepter in its hand, had been born and yet no celebrations no excitement no news as a matter of fact when we came and began to inquire about the birth of this king of the Jews the people in Jerusalem were disturbed they were upset they shunned us. They were afraid. We couldn't understand it. We didn't know what that meant. We were confused, but we kept asking questions. We kept telling them our story and why we had come. And we spread it around so much that finally we ended up with an audience with your king, King Herod. And he wanted to know what we had seen. And we told him about this star, this star that shouldn't be there. We told him how important it was. And then we told him, you can't see it now, but we know it's there. We've seen it rising in the east. Herod was convinced enough that he called his wise men, his scholars, his rabbis, and he came in and he inquired of them. He said, where is this king to be born? Where is this, what did he use, the word, the what is, where is this Christ? Where is this Christ, this, uh, this Messiah to be born? And the scholars, they knew it. The, the wise men all knew it. They said, well, he'll be born here in Bethlehem. They didn't hesitate. They didn't have to go back and look. They knew the prophecy. They knew exactly where the child would be born. And our curiosity was, why aren't you there? Why aren't you celebrating? Why aren't you receiving your king? And yet, Herod and even the wise men seemed disturbed by our coming, by our presence, and by the fact that we were telling them that the universe was telling a story, one star at a time. Why couldn't the scholars read the skies? Why couldn't the the wise men of Israel understand this, see this themselves, yet none of them had. But they knew where the child was to be born, in Bethlehem, in this place, in this town. 
Herod called us together and asked us to go. He didn't have to ask us to go. It's why we came. We journeyed this far, not to go to Jerusalem, but to find the child. And so we, we agreed to go. He wanted us to come back and let him know what we found, although I think all of us are somewhat suspicious of your king's motives. But we set out. We set out at dusk as, as the sun was settling down and the moon was beginning to rise. Not the ideal time to travel, mind you, but we were so excited when we found out that it was only less than a half a day's journey from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And we started out having been told the road and the path to go. But soon it didn't matter what road we had been told. Because for the first time in months, we looked up. And behold, the star, the star, the one that shouldn't be there. The one that God placed in the sky by his the star had reappeared. It was there. All we had to do was walk toward the star. We had no idea in Bethlehem where it would be, what house, what family, where would we go? It wasn't a big village, but we didn't know where it would go. But tonight, as we traveled, as we approached the city of Bethlehem, lo and behold, the star seemed to shine down its light on just your house. What star does that? It was as if the God of the universe was transferring the light of the star into the spirit and soul of your child. What was the light of the universe has now become in your son the light of the world. And so we have come. We have come to recognize, to pay homage. If you will allow us, we have brought some gifts. We have brought some gold. We have brought frankincense. We have brought myrrh as gifts to you for the child. Use them however you choose for we know you will choose wisely. We give them because <laughs> a star that shouldn't be there has led us here to you. If you will allow us, if you could allow us, we feel so powerful this whole experience that we believe that your child is different than any child that has ever been born. Why would God place a star in the sky? Why would he change the universe if your child was not something more than just the king of the Jews? And so, even though we are not Jews, even though we are Persians, even though we are inheritors of the Babylonian empire that once conquered you, would you allow us would you give us the privilege of bowing before your child and worshiping him?
we have heard that his name is Jesus. Would you allow us to come and worship him too?